0: All right, everybody, welcome into the uh, Phantom Football Podcast. We are privileged to be back on board. Super Bowl 57 has just finished. Me and Simon are back at it again tonight. Ronan, unfortunately, is is also, is also not feeling well and is also probably wasn't going to be on here anyway, to be honest. So, uh, Simon, how you doing? How you feel? First reactions, Ben?
1: I'm doing great, Ben. It was an awesome Super Bowl. It was a ton of fun. Uh, we obviously miss Ronan dearly. We'll we'll sprinkle in some of his notes. He sent us he sent us some great some great stuff here. We'll, we'll try to sprinkle those in as we go along. But I'm um, fantastic. Great game. A lot of fun. How, how are you doing, Ben?
0: Yeah, I, and, and I, I'm going to play my old self-centered old man card here for a second. I am so excited that we got a good show again because I can remember back in the '80s and '90s where we didn't get that. We had just a lot of dud, empty, awful, one-sided, boring Super Bowls. And, man, teams these days aren't doing that, especially tonight. They didn't do that. Uh, just exciting. Fantastic show. All the players showed up. Coaches showed up. I mean, you talk about two teams just going at it.
1: Loved it. Loved every second of it. Yeah, the fact that, like you said, everybody showed up in this one. I, I think there was one, one matchup in particular that went a different way than we expected, but it, it didn't feel like anybody on either team, either coaching staff, any position group, just flat out didn't do – didn't didn't rise to the occasion, didn't do what we were hoping to see, right? You you go – if you just want to be, like, searching through the box score real quick, all – you know, the, the Eagles pass catchers, they all had games. Uh, Kenny Gainwell was doing things in the first half. If you go to the Chiefs' side, Travis Kelsey was in his bag. Patrick Mahomes had the three touchdowns. So, you know, I mean, I guess and, – and really, I mean, the Eagles from the running back perspective, like – you know, no one guy ever shines out. It's, it's more about the, the totality of the run game. and We'll talk about that as we go. But everybody from an individual level and even on a game planning perspective, on-field product perspective, we saw about 90% of what we expected. And because these two teams are so freaking good, uh, that made for a great game. So, I, yeah, ton of fun. Loved it for both sides. I think everyone should feel really good and just really happy about you know how this game played out
0: totally agree and we'll get into microscopic detail in a second but like you mentioned
1: the things that didn't
0: happen the way we expected there were reasons for that it wasn't some mystery as to why in in most cases um except for maybe a couple things but in general yeah everybody showed up did what they did what they typically do uh, in, in in large
1: part so love the game all right man start walking us through it yeah, so the first the first big thing that I, I looked at uh, at the at once the game was over because you know it's hard it's hard to see like for sure what you're what you think you're seeing right until you look at the numbers too by the end of the game. Okay. Something I was really keyed in on before the game started in, in all of our previews between this podcast, the on favorite, uh, the Simon Shore podcast that we did was about okay, who is going to run the ball most effectively? Because the easy answer going into the game would have been the Eagles. You know, this is the best running team of the season. Uh, and it's the Chiefs who we don't think of as this great run defensive team. Well, I highlighted that the Chiefs were in the top 10 and, and rushing yards allowed per game. And the Eagles, for a totality standpoint, weren't actually, you know, every week as consistent, as high as we would expect. Um, what were the, And on the flip side, the Chiefs had been running the ball better and better every single week. Uh, thanks to seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco finding rhythm and getting on the field, and the Eagles' run defense actually wasn't quite as strong. Um, they, they can get run on based on the way they play. So here is how it was netted out from that: Chiefs had 158 rushing yards in this game. It would have been their fifth It was their fifth highest total of the season, and it was the third highest total allowed by the Eagles this year. So the Eagles found that one weakness and they just picked at it like a scab. Uh, the Eagles uh, on the other side had just 115 yards on on the ground. So that's just their third highest. So very average run game for them uh, offensively. And to dig into that a little further, we were talking about it before we started recording, but they really stopped running the ball. They had 32 total runs on the game. 22 of those runs came in the first half, just 10 in the second half. And mind you, even by the time they got the ball back in the second half, they had a three-point lead. So they had seven of those 10 runs on that first drive of the second half, right, seven of those ten second-half runs came on the first drive. They get three points. They give up a touchdown. Now they're down. Now they can only run the ball three times the rest of the game because they're now losing to the Chiefs, and you can't run the ball when you're losing to the Chiefs. So I thought that was the, the biggest thing to really hit on here at the top for us.
0: Yeah, and obviously there's two different discussions there, so I'll just pick one for now. But on the Eagles' side, you mentioned it, in the second half, They kind of quit running the football. And and I think I'll give the most credit there to the Chiefs coaching staff, first of all, because Steve Spagnuolo, again, it's not like the Chiefs have a lot of dominant run stoppers. They really don't. Um, Decent guys, but not a lot of dominance. Um, But the Chiefs just kind of decided we're not going to let the Eagles do that a lot in the first half. And you look at the running back carries. So Gainwell, Sanders, and Scott, the Eagles running backs. You know, they had about 17 carries on the game for – I'm looking at maybe 50 yards ish total. Um, after you subtract out Jalen Hurts, 15 carries for 70 yards, the running yep. backs are averaging about three yards a carry at the most. Yep. Um, so the Chiefs just did a good job. And I'll, I'll credit the second thing here. The Chiefs' front office, about a year and a half ago, they realized they were not only overpaying for a linebacker, but linebacker was underperforming. So they went out and they drafted Bolton, Nick Bolton, and they went out yep. and they drafted Willie Gay. And both of those young guys are not only eons cheaper than what the Chiefs were paying for, but they're more athletic. They're a little bit more intelligent football-wise. Um, they're, they're just better all around in almost every aspect of the game. And so the Chiefs are getting their money's worth out of those linebackers. But still, I credit the coaching staff for not allowing the Eagles to just run roughshod in the first half. And so I think that's one reason the Eagles did go away from it in the second half.
1: Nick Bolton played like his hair was on fire tonight and that's not just the fumble recovery for the touchdown. That he was sideline to sideline, he was everywhere, he was plugging up a lot of gaps. Um he was even making plays on on receivers cuz I think the big op- biggest opportunity <clears throat> for really gaining extra yards on the ground would have come from those receivers. AJ Brown had a big at least one big yak play. DeVonta Smith also had one. Um, but yeah, those running backs really weren't getting them and, and Nick Bolton was everywhere. Willie Gay had to play on one of the goal line stands. I, I think the Eagles eventually got a touchdown, but on one where they didn't, he ran up, he was back kind of back deep, like in the end zone. He runs up and just one hand just smacks the defensive lineman on the rear end, just like as hard, it almost looked like he moved him just by the smack. And then he got himself in the a gap and just like plugged it up. I think there was a one yard loss on the play. So those guys were awesome. While we're talking about linebackers, let's also talk about Leo Chennault. Uh The personnel matchup in this game was fascinating going in. The Eagles started out in 12 personnel. Jack Stoll, the second tight end, was on the field that whole first drive. Ended up being in for a lot of the game as well. But, you know, seeing how the Chiefs were going to match up, that was going to be really interesting. Leo Chennault, the rookie, yeah, day two pick, I think, um, gets in and he was in a lot. I mean, I would guess that this was the most he's played uh, in, a, especially in a long time of uh, this season, since the beginning of the year. So that personnel matchup, anytime Stoll was on the field, it, it appeared that Chanel was as well. So the chiefs came with a game plan to try and stop the run in this game. So that goes to your point of, you know, Spagnuolo had a plan and that was, okay, they're bringing in second tight end. We're bringing out an extra linebacker. So, so that was really, really interesting for sure as well. Um, I think number two for me, you know, I, I mentioned uh, in all, all of our, our pregame shows was the pass rush. Obviously, the Eagles, 70 sacks this season. You know, one of the best pass rush performances we've ever seen from a defense. And they had no sacks in this game. And a big part of that was, is obviously tied to Patrick Mahomes. We talked about how he has one of the lowest sack percentages in the league this year. And, you know, he just doesn't go down. He, he, no matter what, bum ankle or not, He's gonna rope a dope his way in and out of the pocket whenever he needs to, and you know, I mean, we, we we all expected to see a couple, right? I think I think a lot of people were expecting to see five, six, seven. Uh, a lot of people were, you know, saying, and, and rightfully so, if Eagles were going to win. It was probably be going to be because they got to home so much. They didn't get to him, and and still only lost by maybe a couple points here. So you got to imagine, man, one or two sacks might made all the difference but there wasn't even a, a, you know, one yard loss on a scramble by Mahomes. There wasn't even, you know, a coverage sack. Oh, you know, Darius Slay, you know, James Bradbury, those guys got everybody locked up. I I just got to take a five yard sack here. None of that happened in this one. The the Chiefs were able to stay in a positive game script the entire game. And that really ended up being huge for them at the end because it took them so long to gain momentum offensively.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to get on a tangent here a little bit, but, Go back again for the Chiefs. You go back about a year and a half ago, they are getting killed. Patrick Mahomes is literally getting hurt because they're getting killed off the edges. You fast forward to now, they've addressed those problems. Number one, they've told Mahomes, and, and and Olsen mentioned it during the game, two and a half seconds or less, get the ball out. Do not hang on to it for three and four because you're not going to have that kind of time. So get get rid of it. And then number two, what they started doing, uh, again, during the offseason, all the way through this season, they started just using to help those tackles out fullbacks and tight ends. you'll see them every play. Those guys aren't heavy pass catchers, but what they are trying to do in a lot of instances is just taking away that heavy edge rush. Um, but then, then you get to, well, you still have all the great interior rush that the Eagles have. And that's where the, the chiefs drafting has just really kicked in. You start off with Creed Humphrey at center. And, and then you have, I think it's Smith at, at right guard. And then Ray you've Smith. got, the uh, yeah, you've got the, uh, the free agent signing of Joe Tooney there at left guard that, that interior offensive line held its own. They, it didn't need any help. It stood up on its own. Uh, so, you know, you're seeing the front office, the coaching staff, but then let's settle in on Mahomes. You mentioned it, man. <laughs> we have, for for almost two decades, talked about how good Brady has been at shifting around in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Mahomes, in his own way, is even more effective. Mm-hmm. The ability to dance and jive, dance and jive, make plays, and not get sacked. See, Hurts can do that, but he's still getting sacked. Yeah. Mahomes is doing that and not getting sacked. It's it's amazing. I You're you're dead on it. Mahomes there is just insane.
1: And when you can't get to him quick enough and you force him to move around and, and do those things, that's when you get into <laughs> scramble drill. And that's when guys like Travis Kelsey wiggle their way free. Yes. And, and Kadarius Tony can make a play and, you know, Jarek McKinnon can make a play coming out of the backfield. And that's what we saw, man. You got to be able to bring that guy down and, and you you know, obviously have to deal with, okay, that the, the Sophie's choice of, do I take more guys out of coverage to blitz? Do I, you know, have less guys trying to rush after the quarterback? And at the end of the day, we knew this was going to come, you know, this was a trench game and it was, you know, this Eagles offensive line, how much can they dominate and get the run game going? This Eagles defensive line, can they dominate this Chiefs offensive line and get to Mahomes? And really, at the end of the day, Chiefs won the trench battle on both sides, and you could really, you could boil it down to just that if you really wanted to. There's so much more to dive into, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes stayed clean, the Chiefs could run the ball, the Eagles didn't run the ball as effectively as they normally do, and they got no sacks. And that tells about 80% of the story of this game, if you really want to boil it down to that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and I'll give a lot of that credit to Mahomes, Reed, and the front office, because, um, again, when we looked at it player personnel-wise, the Eagles have the better players on both sides of the, the lines, but that's not what happened during the game. And I think you started to see uh, Mahomes and Reed and, and the front office all doing, uh, working
1: together to do an excellent job. Before we dive in and start going kind of you know beat by beat of this game, just a couple big-picture stats I want to highlight. Uh, the, the red zone efficiency was going to be huge in this game. For both, both these offenses are so, so, so good. You can't settle for three. You have to get seven on nearly every drive, especially once you get into the red zone. Eagles were three of five in the red zone, two field goals. Chiefs were four of five, one field goal. The crazy thing is that three of five, you still got six points out of the two drives that you didn't hit, right? And it wasn't enough. You You just can't have field goals against this Chiefs team. That's, that's the big thing. And then time of possession was huge in this one. In the first half, Philly had 22 minutes of the ball in their hands as opposed to eight by Kansas City. That got them out to a 24-14 to lead. Second half time of possession, Philly 14 minutes, Kansas City 16. So not even a huge swing the other way, but just enough in Kansas City's direction to give them a 24-13 advantage in the second half. So we're seeing almost the exact same swing of of points but in, what is that, six minutes differential between the two halves. So this Kansas City offense is just so efficient, and it really just came down to, can they get enough possessions on the field? It almost doesn't feel like it actually mattered what you did on either side, right? what the Chiefs chose to do on offense, what the Eagles chose to do on defense. It was literally about, if Mahomes is on this field enough times, they're going to score enough points. And, And that's what happened the first half the uh eagles kept the chiefs off the field uh that fumble six, a fumble seven uh really just kept the chiefs into it close enough with that 24 to 14 but in the second half Kansas City starts with the ball, touchdown. Give up a field goal, touchdown. You built this 24-14 lead but in Philly and by the time you get the ball back for the second time, you're you're losing in the second half. Just just unreal, man. You you have to be efficient to beat this Chiefs team. And it's not like the Eagles were inefficient, three of five in the red zone. They didn't have zero points coming out of the red zone at any point. They scored on almost all of their drives in this one. Uh, The Chiefs were just a little bit better.
0: Totally agree. And I hate to label anything key plays in a game in which everything was just nonstop. But I I will point out, too, you mentioned the red zone. When the Eagles were up 24 to 21 and they had the ball – and they're in the red zone and they come up with a field goal. It just felt like at that yeah. point you're like, oh darn it. The Chiefs can take the lead now. <laughs> yeah. And that was a big key right there, where Kansas City was able to hold the Eagles to a field goal instead of a touchdown. And that made it twenty-seven to twenty-one, not uh thirty-one to twenty-one. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then you go back to the first half, you mentioned that fumble. The Chiefs are getting getting hurt in the first half. But that fumble return for a touchdown, you said, kept them in the game. Now it's just back and forth. It's lots of plays. Instead of it being one-sided, you know, there were a couple points there where the Chiefs were on the verge of getting blown out. And it just didn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, now now you've given Mahomes the door to just run around and do do things that only he can do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, just you have to be 100% perfect in, in everything that you do if you're going to beat this team. And, you know, we could talk about all the storylines going in, right? Mahomes' ankle, the the trenches, yada, yada, yada. But if you're not going to be absolutely perfect, yeah, they, the Eagles had two, four, six, eight, ten drives, if I'm counting correctly, and they scored on seven of them. And that just – you know, that just wasn't enough, man. That just that wasn't enough. Uh, Ben, anything else big picture before we kind of go beat by beat of this one?
0: It, we could be here all day. You know,
1: I, I will say I'm, I'm just happy for Andy
0: Reid again. It's, yeah. it's kind of a shame. He, he's had some good quarterbacks, some very good quarterbacks. McNabb yep. at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all those years where Belichick is getting to coach Brady and Reid has other guys who are good. Alex Smith, but they're not great. It's nice to see Reed pick up a second Super Bowl win here because there were, before that first one, there were people questioning if he even was in the top five of the league currently, mm-hmm. much less all time. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to see Andrew Reed finally getting more of, of the credit that he really deserved all along, to be honest.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just, and really for, I mean, for both, there were just so many guys you would feel so, so good about. I, I don't think, any result in this one would have even even not, and not because like I was even necessarily cheering one way or another, but it's just like you can't be mad at anybody in this game. This, you know, there's so many great stories about this one. Um, you love the way Philly's built their team, you love the way Kansas City has built their team, you coaching staff's are great, players are great, just just so much fun but yeah great great stuff for andy Reid. great stuff for patrick mahomes who you know the the patrick mahomes naysayers out there there's not many of them so i'm not trying to do like a straw man argument here but the the ones that are out there were are licking their chops at oh man is this guy only gonna win one super bowl in, in 560 yeah, and whatever man don't don't you worry about it jalen hurts he's gonna be fine he's gonna get his um awesome game by him he made some before we move on he made some really high level throws in this one there were ones chiefs the the few times that the chiefs kind of rushed at him and and got hands up they did do a lot of that too not a full-on pass rush a lot of rush and then quickly be ready to get your hands up and try to tip a ball he got plenty of balls out quick and accurate and on time and and around defense i mean he i mean he was he was great in this one
0: yeah and i'll say again the eagles did a good job of covering up i still don't think hurts is 100 percent. when you watch his deep throws he looked very constrained as he was trying to get it out. It didn't have the 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 zip that his throws had earlier in the season. I think it was still about ninety percent. And and then you watch the Eagles. So much of what they did is right there within ten yards of the line of scrimmage. But Hurts put on a heck of a game. My gosh. I mean, what was it around three hundred yards passing, seventy yards rushing. I mean, ish. I mean, it was it was phenomenal. Um,
1: yeah, here yeah. on, on the money. Yeah. 304 through the air 70 on the ground and remember when we were talking about uh his his over yonder total yards being 293 and we were like oh man i don't know that's pretty low
0: right. uh, yeah.
1: but 300 yards passing in this one yeah the mm-hmm. i think 90 percent is a great estimation and i mean we're not doctors here you know we're not trying to do this at, uh at high level or anything but you, you could feel the difference in those two weeks you were on it in those first two playoff games it wasn't wasn't there yet right and and he wasn't hitting on those deep throws but this one it was more the consistency right because his one deep pass to to a.j brown on their second touchdown that 45 yard Mm -hmm. throw beautiful throw looked like a classic jalen hurts deep ball just like on time on target beautiful lob everything 45 Mm -hmm. yards and then the Devonta smith which i believe was also a 45 yard completion he was wide open, right? That was a walk-in touchdown. And and Hurts just left it a couple yards short. So just that consistency one way or another. But they ended up scoring on that drive anyways. Uh it, it was it was all good. Obviously neither quarterback mm-hmm. was a hundred percent but both put on incredible performances. Right. Um we we've honestly hit on a lot of the key plays. I mean the let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the Kansas City and, and I wrote it down from the beginning. They're passing touchdowns this one. And Ben Solak of The Ringer had a great tweet that that perfectly explained what this was. But basically, the Chiefs kept motioning receivers into stack formations. And that forced the Philly defense to communicate a change in their coverages. So on that first Travis Kelsey touchdown, basically what happens is Kelsey is lined up on the outside. Darius Flay is covering him. And then they motion Kelsey over. Just one step coming inside of whoever their new outside receiver was. It might have been Juju on that particular play. Um, Completely changes the matchup. Now instead of Darius Slay, you have Marcus Epps on you. And the Eagles were in press coverage, press man coverage on that particular play. They were in a lot of this game. And Travis Kelsey versus Marcus Epps in one-on-one press man coverage without a safety over him. I mean, that's a touchdown all day long. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what happened on the, the other two touchdowns as well. Kadarius Tony motions ends up being a little uh, a, a little in and out, kind of fake, right? And instead of motioning in and going in, he wheels back out. uh same play, motions in. Now, you know, there's gotta be a communication thing. And the the I keep wanting to say they don't switch. I'm moving into NBA territory now, but uh the you know, he's wide open for a touchdown. And then same thing with Sky Moore, just on the other side they run the exact same play. Um and then, you know, we're not going to talk about refs, hopefully at all, in this podcast, but on, on the holding call on Juju, right, it was the same thing, He you know, a, a switch route, right? He's motioning in, and then he's going to zip right back out. And, you know, the, that time around, the Eagles were like, hey, we're aware of this, but it's still so hard to stop that, you know, you end up holding the guy. And just for whatever reason, I don't know, what about the Eagles defense that Reed and, and that offensive staff were seeing but it was clear that this was a game plan and that they knew that they could take advantage of this. And, you know, it worked. You get Travis Kelsey on a safety. He had a big catch on uh, CJ Garner Johnson as well uh, on a very similar play. Um, just, hey, how can we hunt these matchups that we want? You know, let's get it. Let's attack these safeties. Let's attack these linebackers, even the nickel corners. You know, can we get on Avonto Maddox a little bit? Just, we knew James Bradbury and Darius Slay were going to have their way of things on the outside. So how can we affect those matchups and and throw away from those guys was, was incredible to see from Kansas City.
0: It's a great point, and it's something that you can't necessarily do week in and week out in the regular season. But when you get into these special games and you're looking at, what can I exploit here? Because it's a very good Eagles defense, top five. But it's also very aggressive and very fast. And so for the Chiefs to figure out that, hey, we have no chance of winning one-on-one on the outside, none. We'll win some Kelsey matchups over the middle, but that's it. But for them to figure out, hey, if we can motion into into stack, or if we can just motion at goal line and confuse and cause some communication issues, which became wildly apparent, I, for them to pick up on that, probably by watching the Eagles throughout the second half of the year, I'm guessing I didn't pick up on that, but the Chiefs did. Uh, very impressive, again, you go back to that uh, Eric Bieniemy and, and the game plan and Andy Reid, that coaching staff for the Chiefs just did an outstanding job, which, by the way, you know, you and I talked about it. We, we knew that the Eagles analytically looked better everywhere. But when you've got Andy Reid and his coaching staff and when you've got Patrick Mahomes, you're like, man, that makes up for a lot of disadvantages at other position groups.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And just to kind of you know keep keep it pushing with the through the chronological order here obviously that ended up being a touchdown there um you know that i mentioned the touchdown by aj brown right you talk about hey what matchups can you find um the the chiefs we talked about all season long how they're they at these young corners right okay what can you do against these young corners you know uh, jalen watson's making plays josh williams is is big and long and he, he's figuring some stuff out They they ended up finding a way to get A.J. Brown on Trent McDuffie, the first-round corner, been playing inside, a little undersized, and I'll I'll, I'll say this of McDuffie. He shadowed. He was step for step with A.J. Brown for 80% of that route, and that was on the 45-yard touchdown, the the second touchdown of the game, Um, and it was until it came time to go up and make a play on the ball, and McDuffie turns his head and still stays stride for stride with him, with with A.J. Brown, uh, but Decides, you know, I got to be a little more aggressive. I'm a smaller guy. Um, tries to make a play on the ball, does it about a second too early. AJ Brown just goes up, does his thing, gets a 45-yard touchdown. And, and you know, to, to focus on Eagles a little bit, that's what you go get that guy for. Uh, he had a he had another play later in the game, where uh, just just a slant route on on Jalen Watson, and he gets open. And he gets some yak on that play too. I think he I think got by Watson and McDuffie on that play and gets get some yards after a catch. But that Eagles offense was explosive in the first half and you know they they looked really good early on in that one.
0: Yeah, and I'll bring up two points. Number one, AJ Brown physically, the Chiefs didn't have any answer for that. Now In theory, could the Eagles have exploited that even more? Maybe, but you mentioned they they already scored on seven out of ten drives. (laughs) So I don't know how much else you're going to be able to exploit except to score every single time. But the second second thing that I'll I'll mention is we've seen so many games this year in the NFL that were like this, where the first half was lopsided and then the second half tilted the other direction. We've seen it all year. We saw it in the Super Bowl. You know the Eagles only had three legitimate possessions in the second half. But I don't count that last one play, but um, three possessions they scored on two of them. You know, I I don't know what else the Eagles are supposed to do except maybe when they kick a the field goal, find some way to score a touchdown there in that uh, in that in that second half. I,
1: I, the margins are so thin here that both teams are working with really thin. Great transition into the next Philadelphia drive after Kansas City punts. Um, we talked about turnovers last week. Just how important turnovers can be in, in a playoff game, let alone the Super Bowl, and let alone one that you know becomes uh, becomes a touchdown immediately for the other team. Uh, Jalen Hurts on a, a third or fourth down uh, fumbles the ball on a QB draw, and let's see, it was third and five. Philadelphia forty nine nine thirty nine left to go in the second quarter. Hurts on a draw fumbles. uh, Nick Bolton, who we talked about earlier picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown, completely a flu- fluke play, right? I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Jalen Hurts probably had some of the fewest turnover numbers this whole season and for him to just kind of lose the ball before even really getting going, not being contacted um, was, was extremely surprising. And I think one of those plays that in previous Super Bowls would be so surprising that the defense wouldn't have even reacted to it. Right. They, they just not something you're even thinking is going to happen you just hit hurts and then the ball is kind of laying there and then the guard picks it up and you know, Oh, okay. Fourth and you know, 12 now of moving on. Right. And, and this touchdown doesn't happen. Great play by Nick Bolton. And, and then for hurts, obviously not that any of us thought this was going to happen, but wasn't rattled after that. In fact, the very next play that they ran, the Eagles on offense was a quarterback draw. Uh, he gets four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I knew it was good, but I didn't even know it was this good. He got 14 yards on that play. So the very next play, they run the same thing, 14 yards. He eventually scores a touchdown on that drive on the QB draw. So I just want to, on that play, highlight, you just can't turn the ball over in a, in a playoff game in the NFL. Highlight, great job by Nick Bolton to react and, and get a touchdown on that. And then highlight Jalen Hurts and Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the game plan or the the game play calling. And confidence you're just, hey, all right, fluke, we messed up. That's fine. Run our stuff. Don't don't worry about it and keep that thing going. Cause they still had the lead, you know, going going in halftime. That Kansas City tied it up on that play. And the Eagles went on to score ten straight points going into the halftime. Hugely important. I
0: you, you talk about games being maybe decided in the first half. If you think about the Eagles being on a roll and scoring touchdown there. Hey, maybe Mahomes never gets a chance to work his second-half magic, you know? Hey, and we'll get on the second half here in a minute, what actually happened there. But for, for, for that to, to flip right there, and now you have a tie game again, it's a huge play uh, momentum-wise, score-wise, situation-wise, it everything. And I'll go back to Bolton again. You know, even if you take that play out, we're not just overreacting to one play. Bolton had a heck of a game all game long. You mentioned it sideline to sideline. The the linebackers that the Chiefs had two years ago were not fast enough to do that. They just weren't. Bolton is. Now, he can't quite, you know, if if it's a super fast running back, he can't quite go all the way to both sidelines and cover that. But everything else, he can get to. And it's not just in run stopping, but it's in pass coverage. And he was so huge, him and Gay as well, but especially Bolton, um, but that that one play in particular,
1: you're right, man. <laughs> just lighten it up. <laughs> and then we had the on that on that touchdown drive. I just want to highlight um, the the Chiefs' defense. It was very strange in the first half. I really, when when I eventually go back and watch this game again, I'll be very curious to watch that Chiefs' defense throughout the game, because on on that particular drive where the Eagles got their touchdown right after the fumble it felt like they just had nobody in the middle of the field. Like they're in straight man. Bolton was covering somebody to the outside. We talked about the Eagles utilizing sideline to sideline offensively. And, and Hertz got a lot of run. a lot of his running yards came on that drive, including the, the touchdown. And there was a big, I think he had an explosive play in that drive as well. Um, And that was the difference where there in the second quarter, parts of the third quarter as well, they went into more of that spread formation. So they took that second tight end off the field. Quez Watkins was out there. It was really only Nick Bolton. Willie Gay wasn't even in as much at that point anymore. And and they were able to just spread those guys out. And Hertz was able to run around in that one uh, and be really, really effective. So when the Chiefs went down in size and and the Eagles went down in size, that was when it felt like the Eagles were able to run around more and, and do the things that we expected. Um, and then you know they they just kind of got out of it for for one reason or another. I didn't really truly understand that one. Yeah,
0: agreed. We the Eagles the Eagles have a weird offense in the first place. They they had it even before Hertz showed up, but after Hertz showed up, they started tailoring it especially to what he does. I, I've mentioned it before, but Don Mikowski, uh from the Packers uh, in the late '80s, early '90s had had kind of a, a weird offense too that that brought back memories. But the Eagles play a weird offense that already loves to attack sideline to sideline, punch up the middle, small stuff, less than 10 yards, and then, boom, you hit deep. Um, we saw that in this game, but it wasn't as fluid. It just wasn't. It, it was hit and miss, even though they scored so much. I I mean, I get it, 35 points, I get it. Like, but still, it wasn't quite the, the dominant smooth thing, especially in the second half, you see them – not scoring on one on one drive and then settling for field goal on the other. Um, but again, uh you only get those three possessions in the second half. So I I I hate I hate to say there was anything wrong with the Eagles offense, but you and I kind of keep coming back to it. That they didn't quite look like they did, you know, two months ago, two and a half months ago. They weren't quite up to that level. It was close, but not quite.
1: I think as we're talking this out. The only real answer I can come up with is just that the Chiefs had a game plan of then don't break, don't allow too many explosive plays. Now, even though they game plan for that, they still gave up explosive plays. I think A.J. Brown had two or three. Devonta Smith had a few. Goddard, I think, had one or two. Hurts obviously ran for a couple. But it just came to key downs, key moments. They did just enough. They created just enough third and longs. They they created just enough negative plays. They created just enough oh, two-yard runs where, where you're behind your game script a little bit. That eventually, by the end of it, right, it's like, uh, I know nothing about finance, but it's eventually like a, a nice little savings cow, right, with a little yielding a little bit of percentage every year. Like, eventually, it's going to pay off into something. And, and that's exactly what happened. They knew, okay, if we can just keep this thing tight enough, by not giving up 30 points in the first half or not giving up five explosive plays in the second half and we allow that guy Patrick Mahomes to get on the field enough we're just going to outscore them and that's all we needed to do and that is what they did so maybe you know i think we said this in, in before we started recording when we were talking about okay the different matchups how this guy do against this guy this guy against this guy you can't just say okay this group didn't do as well as I thought, right? You can't just put it on them. It has right. to be what did the other, what did their opponent do, right? So if you say, oh, this receiver didn't show up in the game, they had two catches. Well, what did the defense do on the other side to stop them? Did, did they bracket them? Did they have their top corner shadow them all game? Well, then, you know, the, the defense did it. Did the wide receiver drop six passes? Okay, now the wide receiver did it. But in this game, you know, we keep pointing to, That was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. Maybe it was just, hey, man, Steve Spagnuolo's been at this a long time. He's great in the playoffs. The Chiefs had good players. We've been complimenting the players the whole time. Maybe at the end of the day, man, the Chiefs defense just kind of did what they needed to do. And it was, again, I keep saying this, but it was just awesome. It was so fun to see. Yeah,
0: I agree. And, you know, there's a certain luxury to have Mahomes on the other side because, you know – you know he's going to put up points sooner or later. Even even if he gets nothing in the first half, we've seen we've seen him put up 35 in the second half more than once. So you know there's a certain luxury to that, and the bend but don't break philosophy is one that the Chiefs have been using for ever since Spagnolo showed up. There's you know they're not going to let teams run the football to a dominant standpoint at least over the course of several weeks tonight. They didn't let them do it at all. Um, so yeah, you're 100 percent right. And there's a certain luxury, though, to to having Mahomes sitting there. You can play defense a certain
1: way. But, that's again, that's intelligent building. That's intelligent building of a football team. Yeah. You know, we – quick plug on the Simon Shore podcast, just this week previewing this game talked about, okay, if you pay a quarterback all this money, what do you have to do around that? And, yeah, it means you can't go out and get a Jalen Ramsey or a TJ Watt or a – Roquan Smith, right? You can't spend all this money on big time defenses, but can you get the right guys and the right system with the right coaching to just do the right amount of things to get that big money quarterback? Now you have to pay the right guy. You can't go get $50 million to everybody. Right. So you're exactly right. Just go get Patrick Mahomes and you'll probably win a couple Super Bowls. That's all you got to do. You just got to find, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of the generation. No big deal. Yeah. Um, I'll take it a
0: step <laughs> further real real quickly. Yeah. It means last off season, you don't pay Tyron Matthew, you let him go. Yeah. It means last off season is instead of paying the linebacker Hitchens, you let him go, which they, they should have anyway. But it also means uh, I, I'm skipping somebody on that defense. There was another guy that they let go on defense. Um it, I, it, it's totally escaping me. But Damien you know, Wilson guys, Well, I'm sorry, what's the name? Damian Wilson. No, that's not the guy. But anyway, December there's there were three guys last year, but anyway. It means you instead of paying those guys, you let them go. Whereas other teams are like, no, we can't win without these guys. You're like, well, we're paying Mahomes, so we are going to try to win without these guys. And here the Chiefs are doing it.
1: If you're in the mood for more content from Phantom Sports Industries, join me, Brandon Tim, at the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Together, we can analyze and discuss the favorite hobby of millions of football fans in new and insightful ways by crunching the data. And reviewing past performances that will ultimately help us become champions in our respective leagues listen anytime and new episodes drop on wednesdays wherever podcasts are found once again this is the phantom fantasy football podcast from phantom sports industries this is brandon tim signing out from the phantom fantasy football podcast we'll see you there All right, we're back from a break and uh, a quick little NBA interlude that Ben and I just had, but we're still talking Super Bowl. We're into the second half now. And really, so Ben, I want to ask you this. Chiefs get the ball, opening up the second half, they're down by 10 points. What are you thinking? Who who are you thinking in that moment is going to win? And what are you thinking in that moment is going to happen on this first drive?
0: Yeah, my my first thought is, dang it, this is so unfair, Mahomes is hurt. It, that's my first thought. This is so unfair. But now how healthy is he? If he's 80, 85, 90%, we're okay. If he's down around 50%, this this stinks. So uh, that was my first thought. My My second thought was, man, the Eagles are playing great, but if Mahomes, if Mahomes can throw it, they might win this thing. <laughs> you can't count them out. So those are my two thoughts. Then the drive starts, and you're like, oh, the Chiefs are running the football, <laughs> which they probably should have been doing from the start, but they weren't. They didn't. And again, how much of that is due to Mahomes being hurt? I think it was a lot. I think they thought Mahomes wasn't going to be a full go, and I don't think that he ever really was. But he gritted his way through it. And then we saw that soft Eagles defense, which we have, we know has been a problem all year, and Pacheco step up and and you know, taking advantage of his opportunities. And and you see him pushing, and now Mahomes has stuff to play with because that Eagles defense can't just, you know, unload on him. So that was kind of my thoughts there as we went through that first drive.
1: Yeah, we, we ran the numbers here at, at the break, and the Chiefs in the first half ran the ball seven times for 39 yards, just, you know, Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, but in the second half, 19 times for 119 yards on the ground. And they had, what did we say, seven of those seven runs on that drive, that opening drive of the second half. And then another, you know, four or five or so on the next drive. Um, so so they were very uh, willing and able to run the ball to start the second half. I know you were worried about the injury and we didn't talk about that. The chiefs last drive, they, they punted in the first half, the last drive of the first half Mahomes goes down, uh, comes up limping. You know, the broadcast is, is talking about the injury some more to me by, by then in that moment, I really wasn't worried about it. And, and I just believe in this lore that is Patrick Mahomes. And that's what I went into this game with. And, you know, this time, you know, I at least look smart and proven right for not overthinking it, but, um, Once he was back out there and yeah, they were like, okay, here comes Patrick Holmes. I was just like, all right, man, the the chiefs finally have the ball. And we saw what they were doing, especially their first drive of the first half, right? They got their touchdown six plays. They got into field goal range in their second drive, you know, and then they just had the two punts after that. But I had full confidence that they were getting a touchdown there. And then it was just a matter of how the Eagles could respond. Um, Nothing specifically stood out on that first drive, except for yeah, the, they were running the ball like crazy, and Mahomes was was making the plays um, that he needed to. Got to play to Kelsey on Avante Maddox. He uh, got a play to Juju or, or Justin Watson in the middle of the field, um, and you know just enough sprinkled in. And yeah, whether it was you know okay, that ankle was still a little sore, a little gimpy from that hit. So let's start by running the ball. I kind of think it might have more to do with the time of possession game. You know that we mentioned it at the top: twenty-two to eight time of possession in favor of Philadelphia in the first half. So Kansas City says we're going to come out and we're going to run the heck out of this ball, and you know it it worked. So that was great. Then um, how do how does Philly respond? Seventeen plays, almost eight minutes of game time, and they get that field goal. We already hashed that whole thing out. You can't get the field goal. Kansas City says. All right, you got a field goal, great. We're down six. There's seven points, and you know, from that point on, um, they they were in great shape, and just kind of felt like, okay, if this is just going to be a a touchdown for touchdown match, I take Philly or I take Kansas City when when it comes down to the shootout, right? And and you know, Philly did their thing. Yeah, they had the punt, but they got their touchdown, two point conversion. But again, in a shootout, man, Kansas City ends up getting the ball back. Five minutes, fifteen seconds to go at their twenty-five yard line in a tie game. I mean, was there any any doubt in anyone's mind at that point?
0: Not much. I mean, we listen. We we've seen Mahomes this year have chances to win games and not even get get a drive started. Now, we we've seen that more than once. But in general, no. You you think no? They're they're pulling out all the stops here. They're not going to be able to stop Mahomes. And you mentioned it that second half. For Kansas City, it was touchdown, 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 and then a field goal, which could have been a touchdown. They just didn't want to score a touchdown. <laughs> that was it, you know. Four four drives, four touchdown drives. I mean, just just very, very impressive. Um, the running game is what fueled it, but Mahomes' Mahomes' unbelievable arm and ability to make plays is what sets all that up. You know, it really does. Yep. yep you can't devote all your resources to stopping that chiefs running game, even if they are running it down your throat, you know, you just can't. So, um, you, you mentioned that you're kind of going to lose, lose no matter what.
1: Yeah. Once, especially once those first two touchdowns happen, I mean, even a little bit on the first one, but when you're just like, okay, and they are doing it fairly quickly, five and a half minutes on the first drive, less than five minutes on the second drive. And you're like, okay, they're just giving themselves these opportunities. Um, and then we, we failed to mention to this point, we should, we should say it. Kadarius Toney, who had the first half touchdown, the big 65 yard punt return. That was, you know, you had the fumble in the first half by, by Hertz for a touchdown. And then you had this play. And it was like, you just, these are the plays you can't have if you're going to win a Super Bowl and against the Kansas City Chiefs, no less. 65 yards on this punt return, he he catches this thing. Where was he? At the 30, his own 30, and he gets down to the Philadelphia five-yard line, and you know you're watching him kind of dance around and and do his thing, and you're like, 95% of punt returners, when I see him doing this, I get nervous. And and for Kateris, I was just like, oh man, he's gonna do something pretty cool here, isn't he? And he just takes off, man, and and you know. You, you give Mahomes a short field he's going to get another touchdown then you're talking about three for three touchdowns in a row and you that's that's all she wrote man there there was nothing none anybody on the Philadelphia side of the ball could do
0: yeah and also I'll, I'll mention this because I'm sure somebody's screaming it at us we mentioned seven seven for ten on score and I think I think the Eagles were actually six of nine as I looked through it because the the last drive I'm not going to count as a drive Um, I think they scored six times, if I'm counting right. Anyway, if our math is all whatever. But the point is, you just mentioned the main point. The Eagles played a heck of a game, could have won the Super Bowl, had every right to win the Super Bowl. And we probably won't dive deep into the referee call at the end. If it goes the other direction, they have a chance. They do have a legitimate chance to to get a turn at it. They didn't get it. Oh, well, life goes on. But the margins were there, and the Eagles just didn't quite make them against a, a fantastic team. We've already mentioned at least three secondary miscommunications that, you know, if you stop any one of them, you probably win the game. You mentioned the the, the punt return by Tony. If you limit that, maybe you stop the Chiefs because the Chiefs don't have momentum yet in that point. You mentioned uh, the fumble early in the first half or midway through the first half. If, if that's not a touchdown, maybe the Eagles score, and this is never even a close game at all. These are the differences when you're playing at the highest level against the best teams. doesn't matter so much in October, but it matters a lot when you get to these high-level games against top teams.
1: Absolutely. And none of that had anything to do with, you you know, to to be on the Eagles' side of things here for a minute. None of that had anything to do with the narrative of, oh, they haven't played anybody, they haven't played through adversity, none of that. This team was ready for anything, right? And and the ball just didn't bounce their way a couple times. doesn't mean – you can't say they messed up because they did, but it's not because they were ill prepared or, or weren't a real team or anything. These were the two best teams in the NFL this season, yep. and we saw them go head to head. We came out with a four point game, three point game. Sorry, can't can't subtract. Apparently, a three point game in the Super Bowl in the mid to high thirties. Um, that that came down to the last minute of the game. This was a great game on both sides. The Eagles lost. Yes. That's nothing bad against the Eagles. Obviously, losing sucks, but the Chiefs were fantastic in the second half. The Eagles were fantastic in the first half. Both teams were good all game. Came down to just a few plays, and and that's the way we want to see it. So there's no reason to walk away feeling like any one play, any one call or whistle or anything affected this game. That This was a great game by two teams, and and the team that – just made more plays and and took care of the ball and, and didn't give up huge yards on on special teams, they won the game.
0: Yeah, and, the, and I'll say this. The Eagles didn't, but they could have won this game, and nobody yep. would have been surprised. If the Chiefs have lo- had lost, we would be talking about Andy Reid not being willing to run the football in the first half and press that advantage. Mm-hmm. We would have been talking about paying Uh, Patrick Mahomes so much money and why that maybe cost you an extra defensive back that you could have that the Eagles had instead there's but you mentioned there there is not one reason why one team won and one team lost this was a heck of a game anything could have happened and anything did
1: (laughs) Just it was fantastic Ben anything about the actual game actual football before we move on to some of the uh silly and and very fun stuff that also surrounded the football game today
0: yeah, we can talk about it all night. One, one last thing, uh, uh, Gardner Johnson for the Eagles. He he had a heck of a year, and he showed up again tonight uh, once again. Not he's not perfect in coverage, not shut down the way maybe Ahmad Gardner will appear to be for the Jets, but just his playmaking ability is just all over the place. Sets up a lot of things for the Eagles, very aggressive linebackers and defensive backs that you've got a guy back there in the secondary who's making all those kinds of plays, too. It really does.
1: Absolutely. To to add in Ronan's thoughts here, Ron, Ronan sent us his takeaways that uh, he demanded we read out to everybody. Um, number one, Kadarius Tony, huge difference maker. Yes, totally. Two. Philly's aggressiveness going forward on fourth down. We talked about that. You you can't punt. You get, can't give the Chiefs extra opportunities. Got to get sevens instead of threes. Absolutely. Three. Uh, this was a good one. Mahomes rush for the first down on that final drive to put Kansas City in the red zone. Is an incredible play. Doing that on that ankle. Um, the way he already runs anyways, just just incredible play on that Philly defense. Um Ronan chimed in on the on the defensive holding on Bradbury, um, understood you know the way it looked to the refs, but they've been letting them play the whole game, basically decide the game on the play so tough. I yell at everybody about this. And, and this is the only thing we're gonna say about the refs at this point, and then we're gonna move on. The time of the game should not make a difference on what call you make or not because on one hand you can say, okay, you can't make that call at this point in the game, I would argue you can't miss that call at that point of the game, right? Because otherwise, we would just start committing penalties in, in the last two minutes of every game, and then nothing would happen, right? You know, you would just be mad that penalties weren't being called. So I I, I, I hate that argument. You, you can be You can argue if you thought it was a holding call or not, sure. But don't say, yeah, it was a holding call. But I don't like calling penalties in the last two minutes games. Don't commit penalties. If, if you're a coach, if you're a player, and James Bradbury, I saw a tweet. Um, he even said, uh, you know, to, to the media, yeah, that was a holding. I messed up. I was hoping they wouldn't call it, but they did. Don't commit a penalty, right? And that's that's what you're taught. That's what you're coached up to do. Players understand that. And then the last thought from Ronan here, um, is this is the end of Andy Reid's career. What better way to go out? um ben what are your thoughts on that you know you're you're the never never mind i was going to make a joke about firing go, coaches. go ahead man. <laughs> I, I deserve it so go ahead and say it yeah. Yeah, not that you've ever said it about andy reed but you know <laughs> the representatives from odds on favorite love talking about coaches you know not being in their roles in in you know subsequent years um i will i will take this to you as the expert on that subject andy reed back or not <laughs>
0: I, I hope he is. He doesn't know how to do anything else. I mean, this this guy is a football lifer. He, he's not going to be happy sitting on the couch or fishing. I mean, he, sure, maybe for a week or two. He's not going to enjoy doing anything else. He's just not. So I hope not. Um, now, maybe, you know, brings back images of the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians stepping mm-hmm. aside for an African-American coach to actually get a fair shot at coaching a good roster. I would respect the heck out of that, but listen, I, I just hope Eric Biennamy gets his own shot somewhere. Um, my wise, he feels like he can do it. I, I'd love to see Reed get a chance to win one or two more, possibly with Mahomes. Possibly, um, it's, it's kind of my feeling on it.
1: All right, absolutely. Let's let's uh, hit some of these other fun things. Let's start with. We, we skipped right over halftime because I wanted to devote its own time to it. So, so all I, I'm sorry, I forget the Rihanna fan group nickname. I know it's out there. I'll find it while, while we're talking here. Um, but I wanted to devote our own time to the halftime show. Ben, what did you think of the halftime performance in Rihanna uh, in this one?
0: You're, you're going to hate me and I'm sorry. I I'm so weird, but being a dad, I, I'm not a huge music guy in the first place. Like I love music, but I, you know, I'm not gonna pay money for tunes back in the day. And I'm not I don't know the names of all the groups and the songs. I just enjoy the music, right? So, but now being a dad, I'm just too busy to watch the halftime show, to be honest. <laughs> so you'll you'll find that out on the food side when we get to that conversation. So oh, I gosh. actually did the halftime show. So the audience is gonna rely on you for a fair assessment of Rihanna here. <laughs>
1: man that is so tough that is so tough um all that says to me and maybe i'm just looking at this from a positive light is you're you're a very good dad because my parents would have been like shut up and sit down um (laughs) we're watching that i don't even remember who it was when i was a kid but it was always somebody that they would have wanted to listen to so i would have been just told to hey get over it put yourself to bed or go get your own snack whatever um we're watching this um, it's the Navy, by the way, Rihanna's Navy, uh, uh, call back to one of her early songs back in 09, but, um, right. it was great. It was a great set list. I think there were just a couple songs that people were wondering if they would be in that didn't get in. I think she hit all her big ones to start off with, um, uh, sorry for anybody that is listening with children or doesn't like curse words, but this is the name of the song, bitch better have my money to start off with. That was just like peak Peak entertainment, I mean, my goodness. You want to talk about, like, how can I stick it to the NFL right here, and how can I also come up here and say, like, I'm just the greatest. I'm freaking Rihanna. Uh, You start off your set with, bitch, better have my money. So that was great. Um, every, I mean, every, it was all good. It was, it was a good performance. I don't think – it wasn't the most spectacular thing we've ever seen, but it was, I think, okay, if I'm going to take – a somewhat you know we've seen a lot of the stuff they did with the sets and the background dancers and and now her getting raised up towards the end of it was incredible i mean the way uh on that platform she was lifted like i don't even know how high in the air tens and tens and tens of feet in the air um wasn't that was incredible but we've seen a lot of the stuff there wasn't any a whole lot of like brand new stuff happening um but it was just so fun and it was just so like you weren't nervous about anything. And she looked so amazing and confident up there. It's actually revealed officially during the halftime show that she is pregnant. Um, so first off, congratulations wow. to Rihanna for that, but she was just up there performing. She was such a vibe, man. She was just like having a blast and she could have just been like singing, you know, the happy birthday song or something. And just the way she does it with her personality and, and the way she performs was just so much fun and it just made you have fun just sit there watching it yeah you don't even have to know the songs um but i think the songs are just so out there in the ether and it's been on the radio since like i was in high school that i think a a lot of people probably knew enough of the songs or at least enough of the tune to enjoy it if you got to watch it so i think it was very very good i would give it like i'd give it an eight out of ten I'd give it an 8 out of 10 in terms of halftime show because like I said I didn't do it wasn't like groundbreaking there wasn't like oh look who came out to join which I I actually do like but it just it didn't have that like insane factor it was just very very good so I really like that. Let's hit food. And I'm a little nervous now you're just going to be like I ate like a tuna fish sandwich. Um I'm a little worried. What food did you need to have for your Super Bowl watch party? Or non-party this year.
0: All right. So we got home after the game had already started, unfortunately, and I told my kids, "Is like we're gonna eat supper, and you, you guys are gonna help me fix it, but it's gonna be on commercials." Okay. So I missed, I missed tons of commercials, missed even a couple of plays in the first <laughs> half. I've already mentioned that to you, but so we're anyway on commercials. We're we're cooking carrots. Me and my my girl, me and the two boys are cooking fish sticks and peas, and and that's gonna be supper. But again, you know. You kind of turn it on low so you can run back and, and watch the game. That you know that whole process wiped out my first half and the halftime. So, um, but anyway, the food was good. Me and the kids shared a moment, and I told him I was like, when second half starts, that is done. Like no more, no, you know, no more cookies, no more ice cream, no more tie my shoe, no more fix my TV, nothing. I, I have sacrificed my first half in and out. I have no clue what the commercial. Were, and I'll never know what the halftime show was unless I go back and watch it. But second half, that is gonna see every single play. So my kids are my kids are nine, uh nine, eight and six. So um that was our moment sharing experience. Um they're really not into football yet, unfortunately for me. But uh that was my food experience for the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> Fun. Terrific. Love it. You know, not nothing could beat that. Uh let's see. We did um Homemade mozzarella sticks, uh, buffalo chicken tenders, and uh, bacon cheese fries. So we did we did some classic stuff, and it was just just me and my wife. So we didn't have to make too much, which was great. Um, to to brag about my kid, I'll just say my my eight month old. You know, I I told her, listen, you gotta your your bedtime usually ranges between six thirty and seven. You need to hit this early end of your your range, and she said, Dad, I got you. I understand the assignment. She was asleep a half hour early. She was asleep at six o'clock. I had plenty of time to finish up dinner and sit down and, and get ready. um So, shout shout out to her. Great job. Right, man. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? When when I'll say this also when when she's awake and the game's on, she's watching the game. She'll sit there. It's probably not good parenting to let the eight month old like watch the TV. But you know, I, I turn her around every once in a while. She's not staring at the screen the whole time. Um, <laughs> you mentioned commercials you say you didn't see a lot of them was there one or, or two in particular that you caught that you enjoyed
0: yeah and, and i i must have missed all the funny commercials apparently because i didn't see any funny eh, ones.
1: There, no there okay. weren't a lot of funny ones yeah all
0: right there, there were two for me and they were more on the serious side um the first one was um man i'm I, i'm blanking on it i had it right in my head oh the we see you commercial um you know it, it, it it's a nice reminder and I get it. You know, everybody's busy with their own lives. But while these these incredible athletes, world-class athletes, who should have been playing on better turf, by the way, that was mm. ridiculous. Um, but that, that aside, these world-class athletes who make millions of dollars are playing on one of the world's biggest stages, and rightfully so. It's just the way the world is. You realize that there are single moms whose kids are watching the game. And you realize that there are people who have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to work. And you realize that there are people in the military overseas watching this game, and you realize that there are people in hospital rooms with loved ones watching this. So you know that that was nice, a nice touch. That hey, you know, there's more out there than just this. Um, and then the uh, the "Love Your Enemies" commercial, I like that one too, because you had you hear in the past few years, we've seen so many people so angry and and you know yelling, screaming at each other, and you know they're they're emotionally attached to something. I get it. But that was a nice commercial too. I thought, um, you know, that hey, um, there there are other ways to do it than just screaming at each other. So I like that too.
1: Some of the ones I enjoy. I went for for sillier ones than than you did. Uh, you know, no, not surprising. There. Okay. Uh, the Google Pixel commercial. Just want to shout out. Uh, Giannis Sutankupo was in that one. Um, I was very surprised that you know. So the whole thing was about oh you can erase things that you don't like in pictures right you can just completely crop them out essentially and he and he showed a picture of himself getting dunked on by jalen brown of the boston celtics and he was like ah it's one dunk you know and he like erased him from it but it was just funny because like he's so competitive and these ultra competitive guys don't like to be embarrassed right and i was i took that as kind of surprising that he would let them do that but that's the energy you have when, when you've won a championship in under 30 and, and an mvp and you're like you know I, i'm all right i can laugh at myself getting dunked on a little bit so i like that one um i mean you you know me ben the spider-man trailer was great uh shout out michael keaton Ooh, love that just love that i won't go crazy on that one right now um let's see will ferrell in the gmc commercial you know i always love a good will ferrell bit that was great Uh, The T-Mobile commercial that they've been teasing for a while with uh, 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 my main two guys from Scrubs and then John Travolta joining in. That was fun just because shout out to Scrubs. Love that. Um, Yeah, I mean, there were some good ones, but there weren't any like, oh, uh, the extended version of the Doritos commercial. I think it's for Doritos. I don't know. See, these commercials, they're not doing a great job of branding. I'm paying attention to the people in them. I don't even know what the product is. The chips, and, and they did Breaking Bad. and. We've seen Walter White and and, um, and and Jesse Pinkman in this commercial for a few weeks, but now we see the extended version with Tuco. Uh, tight, tight, tight. That was great. So, yeah, there's some little – but, yeah, there wasn't like one real standout commercial this time around. Um, I will say the NFL commercial for uh, pushing women's sports forward, coming right out of halftime, that one was really good if I had to pick like a more serious big one to go with. Um Let's see. Any other, any other fun stuff, silly stuff? I mean, great game, commercials, halftime, food. I mean, can't really beat a man. It was, it was, it was a great Super Bowl. I, I had a fantastic time. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, it was. I we won't end on this note, but I will mention that field was rough. And again, yeah. it wasn't. This wasn't the first time. This was a problem months ago. Um, <laughs> biggest stage, best athletes. Somebody could even get hurt out there. They. Yeah, I wish they had been more on top of it, but everything else was fantastic. So, you know, that's that's life. Nothing's perfect.
1: <laughs> you're just making you're just making up for Ronan not being here, being being the downer here. Just like can <laughs> we throw in some negativity? We won't even mention the fact that uh, today was the last football game for, you know, seven months. Um Mahomes MVP. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think you can really make an argument for anybody else, but feel free to try. Or just, you know, any thoughts on on Mahomes in general as we kind of wrap up another great season from him? MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Um, Great stuff from from 15 there.
0: Yeah, he he deserves it. I'm not one of these people who just thinks that the quarterback should automatically get it just because their team won. But in this game, who else are you going to give it to? Yeah. Um. I mean, there, there was no other one player that just exploded like a wide receiver or defensive tackle that you're like, oh my gosh, they were just unstoppable. It wasn't there. So Mahomes had a good game. Um, I think he deserved it for sure. Um, you know, Hertz probably would have deserved it. I know Hertz would have deserved it. Had the Eagles won, so yeah, hats off to both of them.
1: Absolutely, Ben. Any closing thoughts on the uh, on the game here today or on the season that we uh, got to cover all year?
0: It was fantastic. Uh, Congratulations again to the Chiefs, but to everybody for putting on a great show from start to finish. We enjoyed it the whole season. Uh, This podcast has a million more things that we're going to talk about in the offseason. We'll probably talk about this game again at some point as we talk Mm -hmm. about these two teams. And me and Tom will be going back and analyzing the game further. So anything we missed, (laughs) look forward to catching that in the offseason, too. (laughs)
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah been great wrap uh it was a great season here for the fan football podcast we really appreciate everybody that's listened to us throughout the year whether you have popped in for an episode or two every once in a while or you listen all the way through uh we really really appreciate it we are not going anywhere we are going to be right back here we're still figuring out sundays and mondays uh moving forward but early in the week every week all off season long we've got tons of stuff planned so there will not be Any downtime for you to miss out on on this feed, you'll get all your NFL needs and action and wants right here. We've got combine around the corner. We've got free agency around the corner, draft around the corner. We're going to have a ton of stuff here. So so nobody worry. Make sure you stay right here with us on the Phantom Football Podcast. Me, Ben, Ronan, I'm sure plenty of guests uh, over the course of the offseason from Phantom Sports. And, you know, until next time, everybody, just make sure you're subscribed. Follow us on Twitter at Phantom Football. Email us anything. If if there's a, a wacky show you want us to do or you have any questions for the offseason or, or things like that, email us at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Reach out on Twitter at phantomfootball. We would love to hear from you. Um, and until next time, everybody, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We appreciate it. Have a great week one of the NFL off season. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.